Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Jess Romero, Paul Clay. We, today we're going to be talking about what's trending in the news. What, Paul, I can't believe it. Uh, today's June 1st, but the LGBT community has been stepping with the pedal on the metal since uh, two or three weeks ago, pressing hard. And uh, Barack Obama signed June 1st, well, the whole month of June, as Pride Month. We as Catholics don't recognize Pride Month. Well, that's one of the seven deadly sins. That's the sin that caused Lucifer to, to lose and fall from grace from heaven, and now he's called Satan or the devil. And so we don't relish in pride. And uh, something else that just uh, it just makes me wonder, Paul, you're a veteran. A lot of your families, uh, you come from a family of a lot of veterans. So do I on my side and my wife's side. Why is it that veterans get one day to be honored? And many of these people... Uh, you know, fought in wars for our country, and some of them died. They get one day to be honored, and we're honoring uh, 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 homosexuals for 30 days? We're, we're mm-hmm. honoring sodomy for 30 days? What We honor a president for one day, a great president, and we're, we're honoring the act of sodomy for 30 days? What's going on here? Heroic virtue, Jess, is... Uh not something that this world values, okay? And that's exactly what you get when you honor veterans who gave their lives uh, so that we can have the freedoms that we have. But instead, uh, this is what I see at work, Jess, and I'm sure we'll get into it, but this is the fruit of liberalism, Yeah. okay? These ideas that were put forth that essentially, you know, imposed these uh, uh, subjective ideas that came out of the French Revolution. Really, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, you know, they imposed these ideas on a Catholic society because that's what the world was prior to the French Revolution. Yep. So when these i these ideas that were put forth, uh, like a uh, you know, re- religious liberty is an example or, you know, and then they and they transfer these ideas to, uh, hey, uh, everything is subjective. You know, your truth is your truth. My truth is my truth. And if I want to, you know, be a woman, uh, you know, if I'm a man, I can identify as a woman. That's OK. So it, essentially what the world is just it's been turned upside down. It is the world without God. The Catholic Church built the world up. And guess what? Satan, the god little g of this world, has been working uh, tirelessly uh, in order to invert the world. And I know you know these things. <laughs> Paul, and I, and I think the, the final attack from Satan, according to Sister Lucia, will be against marriage and the family. And this is yes. what we see with the whole LGBT nonsense. This is the final attack. They're trying to strike the death blow to Christianity. Yes. This, yeah, this yes. is exactly what this is. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I want to I share this article. It's called One Month for Pride is No Longer Enough. 
It is apparent that the monster retail chain Target doesn't feel that Pride Month, a month dedicated to the commemoration of the lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender, is long enough. Historically, it is June, which has been conscripted into celebrating this lifestyle. I like that word, conscripted. But it is mm-hmm. now only the middle of May, and already whole sections of Target have been decorated, newly decorated with rainbows and clothing, which celebrate gay pride. Isn't it time to dispense with the charade and call it pride season or pride year, which is the real goal of the movement? After all, one can't avoid blue-haired or stubbled ladies anymore, regardless of the calendar. All that is necessary is to go to preschool, turn on the television, or open a magazine. As Christmas and St. Valentine's Day decorations are ubiquitous during their respective holidays, this is like uh, RuPaul, who's an American drag queen. This is like RuPaul projectile vomiting at the Target entrance, uh, like that little girl in The Exorcist. <laughs> Target has chosen May as a starting point to hawk everything from special underwear and bathing suits, which are tuck-friendly, to other pro-gay clothing with the usual slogans. These selections are even sized for prepubescent boys and girls who still in the latency period of their lives are realistically too young to have these scatological topics on their mind. These items are for those parents who are eager to transition their children like a hip accessory and sacrifice them to woke groomers. Clothing is labeled and promoted as tuck-friendly. In other words, uh, yeah, because obviously because of, there's a difference between men and women. And if a man thinks he's mm. a woman, uh, he needs a tuck-friendly underwear to act like a woman. Yeah. When, it has, when it has extra fabric in the crotch so that little boys can be made to hide their bulges in swimmer and underwear. These undergarments are diabolically designed to more comfortably facilitate the social transition from male to female. This fruit is from the loom of disgusting, demented, satanic minds. Is Mm. it a coincidence that this false start is especially offensive to Catholics who have ordained May as the month of the Blessed Mother? She is purity incarnate, and this defiles her month. Mm. And consider what is being celebrated. The The most brilliant relations campaign in history is how homosexuals have been allowed to define themselves. Paul, you want to pick it up from there? Yeah. Uh, just a quick comment, Jess. Consider what's being celebrated. With our Blessed Mother, we have we have uh, virginal, uh, uh, virginal purity yeah. and fruitful motherhood. Uh, none of those things are true of the homosexual movement or agenda. Mm. Mm. You see how it's exactly inverted and the opposite? outstanding uh, analysis. Go ahead, Paul, pick it up from there. The most brilliant public relations campaign in history is how homosexuals have been allowed to define themselves. While the sum of homosexual is greater than their sexual preference, they conveniently use this one proclivity, this one fetish to bludgeon society. The benefit of the strategy is to be able to say some version of I am homosexual. I was born this way and society can't hold it against me. This is the way God made me. This is the homosexual movement seeking victim status 
and arguing the approval of the lifestyle. It's also ingenious. Now, it is easier for their activists to align the plight of the gay with that of historically discriminated against groups. The gay movement shrewdly but falsely uses intersectionality. Intersectionality. Thank you, sectionality. Uh, to tie itself to the women's suffrage movement and the civil rights movement. But being black or being a woman is an ontological definition, an actual and total state of being. Being female or black is not one of many characteristics of a personality. It is a complete existence. Blackness or womanhood is not one contributing trait it is not part of what describes a person, like having brown hair, sexuality, however, is not the entirety of any person for the straight or the gay acting on a sexual preference, uh, act, acting on a sexual preference is a behavior. It is one aspect of what describes a person. The strategy of the homosexual movement is to obscure this difference. It is not wrong to find a particular behavior distasteful. This legal distinction is why a Christian baker or a florist can morally and ethically refuse service for an event which he finds objectionable. That is why Catholic priests should never be forced under threat of legal punishment to administer the sacrament of matrimony to two men. It is the behavior that is objectionable, not the very being of the person. This is the distinction that allows the church to call the homosexual to repent without marginalizing or hating the person. That's right. We, we love the sinner, but we hate the sin. Amen. Uh, to a large extent, the principle, is no, uh, the principle is no different than any sinful behavior. The alcoholic or glutton is welcomed by the church, but is called to control his unhealthy compulsion. No one can say, I am an adulterer that is who I am and how God made me. People are bigoted against me if they expect me to deny myself. The gay movement can spin it in any way they like, and they have done so masterfully by the consistency of the church, uh, but the consistency of the church remains, and the same call to confess and reform applies to each serious sin. I like the clarity there, Jess. Uh, yeah. Yep. The church well written. is in... Yeah, yeah, we invite everybody, but but there's one thing that that you got to do, and that's called repent. <laughs> you know, change Mark your mind. Mark one fifteen. Yeah. Come out from amongst them. Be ye separate. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, uh, ahead. go ahead and pick it up, Jess. Disordered sexual proclivities in both hetero and homosexual natures are sinful actions that require slaying the error before being in communion with the church. There is a distinction, however. And we'll pick it up on the next segment. We'll we're continue talking about this macro topic. Why is it that Pride Month gets an entire month? Uh, I think they want an entire year, actually. Jesus 911 will continue giving an, an analysis reflection of this. We'll be right back. Now, 
back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911, why is it that our Lord Jesus Christ gets one day, Christmas Day, uh, St. Valentine's gets one day, a Catholic priest was martyred for, the, for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ on marriage. St. Patrick gets one day, um, and the homosexual cabal gets a whole month. Is there something wrong with that picture? Mother's Day, they get one day. President's Day, get, yeah, yeah, there's something wrong with, this is a disordered society. Uh, we want to share with you from this article, it's called One Month for Pride is no longer enough. I couldn't agree more with this writer here. He says, the, this is the homosexual movement seeking victim status and arguing for the approval of the lifestyle. It's also ingenious. Now it's easier for their activists to align the plight of the gay with that of historically discriminated against groups the gay movement shrewdly but falsely uses intersectionality to tie itself to the women's... Oh, yeah, Paul already shared that. I mean, yeah. move, move on. Uh, <clears throat> it is not wrong to find a particular behavior distasteful. The legal distinction is why a Christian baker or florist can morally and ethically refuse service for an event Jess, which he finds objectionable. Yeah. We got your, your one paragraph off. One more down. Okay, go ahead and pick it up from where, where we left off. Okay. Disordered sexual proclivities in both hetero and homosexual natures are sinful actions that require slaying the error before being in communion with the church. I want to say that one again. Disordered sexual proclivities in both hetero and homosexual natures are sinful actions that require slaying, put to death the deeds of the flesh, sacred scripture says. Uh, the error uh, uh, slay, slaying the error before being in communion with the church. There is a distinction, however, while the act of, conce uh, of contraception blocks the procreative design of the conjugal act, the act itself is still ordered to reproduction. It is the human interference with a natural and creative act designed by God, which is sinful. But on the other hand, it is the homosexual act itself which is shut off from procreation and therefore from grace. The homosexual act requires manipulation and concupiscent humans uh, from concupiscent humans to make it unnatural. The homosexual act mutilates uh, copulation so that the act in and of itself is sinful and disordered. The church has always claimed that uh, this to be so. But despite accusations to the contrary, the homosexual is not written off, uh, is not hated or unwelcome. The church does not wish the annihilation of homosexuals. The church of Christ is capable of distinguishing the sinful behavior from the person who commits the act. Uh, the trite cliche, love the sinner, and hate the sin is fully applicable here, as I said before. Christ himself, the church's, the church's perfect model in everything, met with, and engage, met with and engaged those living outside of the order he came to establish. His message to them was unequivocal. Repent. The message is still the same. And to finish off here. Yeah. 
Toward the end of his life, Pope Benedict XVI called gender ideology the ultimate rebellion against God. This rebellion is based on the Luciferian pride that says non servium, or I want to make my own path and be equal to God. This story is not new. It's the or its origin is the garden and it is this pride which led to disobedience and death. Uh, that was so well written, Jess. Yeah, so well wasn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you almost uh, can't. Just... Yeah, go ahead. You Jess. almost. Here's the point that I want to make, Paul. Uh, Professor David Carlin, he actually said why this whole homosexual movement started. It started back in 1969. It was called the Stonewall. The Stonewall Inn riots in Greenwich, New York, mm -hmm. when the homosexuals started the first national riot to supposedly gain their civil rights. They were arguing that there was a civil rights issue, sodomy. David Carlin, who's a professor of sociology in, in Rhode Island, he said, this is the goal of the homosexual movement. He said this, quote, the Christian moral system is no minor part of Christianity any more than the heart or lungs are minor parts of the human body. If you overthrow the Christian moral system, you will have overthrown Christianity itself. Yes. Therefore, those who are pushing for the institution of same-sex marriage are ipso facto pushing for the elimination of the Christian religion. Yes, yes, that is well written, well said. I mean, when I mentioned earlier, Jess, that this is no more than the fruit of liberalism. Think about it for a second. Yeah. Uh, the definition of liberalism as it used to be um, was a free thinker. I'm liberal. I'm a free thinker. Well, this is it's this free thinking that was introduced by the French Revolution yeah. that basically uh, causes the world. Well, I'll, let me just quote Psalms uh, 2. The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his Christ. Or, uh, let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. You see, just this is what the world, they view Christianity. And when I say Christianity, I'm talking about the one holy Catholic and apostolic church, yeah. because that is that is Christianity. Yeah. Um, OK, so they view the church. Uh, 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 and, and and Christ as we're, we're, we're keeping them back, we're weighing them down, we're, they have shackles. We want to be free. We want to be free to be whatever we want to be. God made us this way, but we want to do this. Uh, you know, uh, who says, so, 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 so everything that's happened in the world from Darwinianism that says, oh, there's no God, you, you're just, you know, a random accident, you know, time plus chance and boom, here you are. So if there's no God, there's no morality. Morality is whatever you define it to be. And this is totally undoing the world because prior to the French Revolution, the West, the, the world was, was being uh, subdued for Christ by the Holy Roman Catholic Church and its vicars. That's right. And I, I want to be clear that here on Jesus 911, my, myself and Paul, uh, we're not homophobic. That That's the word that was made up, by the way. We're cynophobic. Okay? Yep. So I'm going to make up a word. We're cynophobic. We're not homophobic. 
And uh, it's something very interesting is that uh, prior to 1973, homosexuality was known as a men. It was classified as a mental disorder in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders used by psychiatrists and, and, uh, and psychologists. But this classification was challenged by the, by the homosexual rights activists in the years that followed the, the 1969 Stonewall riots. And so in December of 1973, because of polit- political lobbying of the homo- by the homosexual le- by left, the, uh, the APA, the American Psychiatric Association, they declassified homosexuality as a mental disorder. So they removed mm. it as a mental disorder as a result of public pressure by the homosexual lobby. And so uh, this is the problem that we face now, Paul. I'll I'll tell you why homosexual marriage can never be called marriage. I'll break it down to you. Mm -hmm. Because words mean things, as Rush Limbaugh would often say. The word matrimony, it's Mm -hmm. a Latin word. It's a Latin word. Okay. Mater means mother. Okay. A mother of persons. Okay. Munium means duty. Okay. So mater munium, that's where you get the matrimony. It's from the Latin. Munium means duty or obligation. Mater means uh, the mother of persons. So when you look at the word mater munio, it carries with it the implication of the man taking a woman in marriage to have children because it, it was the idea that was conventionally shared even by the pagans, the Roman pagans, as the purpose of marriage by pagan Romans. It was to produce legitimate children, new citizens. And so the word matrimony, specifically, it means an institution, in the Latin it means an institution where you guard, strengthen, protect, and support a mother. That's what it means in the Latin. And so, again, matrimony was even instituted in pagan Rome to obligate the men, the soldiers, to support the mother of their children. Preach it, brother. Yeah. Preach it, brother. So so if the homosexual advocates, if they want their union recognized, they should call it gayamony or homomony. (laughs) But you can't call it matrimony because the word doesn't allow it. Again, the word matrimony in Latin means an institution where you guard, protect, and support a mother. And so yeah. if they want to call it something, they could call it gayamony, homomony, but matrimony already means something distinct, and it comes from the Amen. land. Amen. But you know good and well what a liberal does is he tries to redefine the terms, of course. You know, that's how they, you know, uh, example, a liberal in politics, they, they look at the Constitution as a living, breathing document. And, well, it didn't really mean what they said back then, or it doesn't have to mean that now, you know? And so that's what liberals do. And so you just expose what, you know, one of their tactics. But you think about President Barack Obama when he was president. I distinctly remember him saying during his first term that, uh, when he wanted to be elected, that marriage was between a man and a woman. Mm-hmm. And then he also, but as he, you know, got comfortable, then he realized that, okay, I can let my true feelings out now because I'm already elected. So he was disingenuous. He said, oh, well, America's not a, not a Christian nation. Well, he was right about that, but he was saying, we want nothing to do with Christianity. That's what he was saying. Even though he, he, he went through great lengths to try to prove that the, the Reverend Jeremiah um, 
what was his name, Jess? Jeremiah, right, right. whoever. Jeremiah, right. Jeremiah, right, you know, was his pastor. But yet he says, America's not a Christian nation. And then what did he do? He turned around and he says that, uh, you know, he embraced the whole homosexual agenda and said that, you know, uh, yeah, that it was okay and right for uh, men to marry men and women to marry women. The Bible says that a double-minded man, he is unstable in all his ways. Barack Amen. Obama, you are unstable, you are unfit for office, and you are what's wrong with our society. Amen. In fact, the Bible also calls people like him, uh, Obama, Joe Biden, and other uh, people that are double-minded people, he calls them duplicitous in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. uh, Jesus mm -hmm. calls them duplicitous or double-minded. Yeah. means the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. You're listening to Jess uh, and Paul here in Jesus' night. Well, we're a little bit fired up this morning, obviously, because we we know that our church is under attack. And uh, yep. and we've got to shield up. we got to hold up our shields. We're going to be moving on to another topic. And we believe that the L.A. Dodgers must go the way of Bud Light. We've got to give them the Bud Light treatment. We'll be right back. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888 526 2151. Jesus 911 Soul Patrol, two man car for all of you Los Angelinos, anybody living in Southern California. On June 16th, various organizations, uh, Virgin Most Powerful, Catholics for Catholics, Church Militant, America Needs Fatima, uh, and there's others that are jumping on board as well. We're going to be uh, having a, uh, a prayerful procession to Dodger Stadium, where our meeting location will be the Cathedral of Our Lady of Queen of Angels, Los Angeles. <clears throat> We're going to park our cars there. It's on the corner of Temple and Grand. <clears throat> we'll meet there between 3.30 p.m. and 4.30 p.m. We'll park our cars there. We're going to be praying the rosary down the streets from the cathedral. We're going to process to Dodger Stadium. It's about a 1.5 mile walk. <clears throat> a lot of it's uphill going to Dodger Stadium. We're going to head out north of Grand Avenue. We're going to make a left on to Cesar Chavez, uh, which turns into Sunset Boulevard, right on to Vince Scully Avenue to Dodger Stadium. Uh, we're going to be providing posters, banners. They're going to be made available. It's going to be a peaceful, prayerful pilgrimage. We're going to be marching with a statue of Our Lady of Fatima, just like the she is the Ark of the Covenant. So we will be marching with the New Testament replica of the Ark of the Covenant, Our Lady of Fatima. We will have altar boys in full cassocks. We will have censers. We will have bells. We will have candles. We are going to show Los Angeles what Catholicism looks like. And we're going to be praying throughout the procession from Dodger Stadium, from the Cathedral parking lot to Dodger Stadium. Uh, we're going to have a pep rally there with several speakers. Uh, I'll be I'll be letting you know the speakers that will be there, but they're coming from all over the country. We're having several uh, very high power Catholic speakers that will be there. And then at seven o'clock, when the game starts, we will process back prayerfully from Dodger Stadium. 
back to the cathedral, back to our cars, and uh, and we'll call it a night. Uh, so be prepared to do about three hours of prayer nonstop, because mm. that's exact. We are going to flood downtown Los Angeles with with more prayer that, than that they've ever heard, and it's going to be done in public. And as the great saints of the Catholic Church say, St. Louis de Montfort, uh, St. Uh, Saint, uh, uh, John Vianney, patron saint of priests, public prayer is way more powerful than private prayer. Way more mm-hmm. powerful. And so we expect to have at least a thousand people there, and I'm lowballing it. So uh, if, uh, if, if you want more information, just every single day I'll be putting this out. You can go to my website. There's a lot of web. Church Militant has it on. Uh, on their website, Catholics for Catholics, America Needs Fatima, Catholic Vote. Everybody has the flyer on their website. I'm going to have it put on, on, on LifeSite News today. Uh, so you're going to be able to find out all the information for those of you that want to join us in a prayerful pilgrimage, making prayers of reparation because they've offended our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. They've offended the Blessed Virgin Mary. And and as Catholics, we know that the tradition of the church tells us when our Lord and our Lady are offended by pagans and, and blasphemers, we must do public reparation for their sins. And so mm-hmm. I want to remind you that the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, they're not nuns. They're homosexual men. They're drag queens impersonating nuns. And guess what? They're going to hear from Catholics on June 16th. You know, Jess, uh the one thing that you didn't mention that I wish we had going on that day was I wish we had our Lord present in a monstrance leading the way, you know, would that not be good? I'm working on that. That it's, it's, um, it's in the works right now. It's we're we're having some high level meetings this week. So that is in the works. Yeah. Because let's face it, you know, we, we know that we have a lot of, uh, it's unfortunate, but modernism has infiltrated our church as well. But there are some brave priests out there who are willing to stand for the truth, who are willing to stand behind our Lord. And so if you're out there and you're hearing us, we need you to, you know, we need you. We need to process behind the Lord. Uh, Amen. So that I'm, we with, can... I'm with you. Go ahead. 100 yeah. percent, Paul. I'm with you. And we're working yeah. on that, by the way. We're working that behind the scenes. Good. So, good. so yeah, the LA Dodgers, we, we have to uh, make them go the way of Bud Light. According to the Daily Mail website, Anheuser-Busch has lost a mind-boggling $15.7 billion in value since the advertising debacle that put Dylan Mulvaney's likeness on its cans. Uh, Dylan Mulvaney is a man who thinks he's a woman. Week after week, it has been down 20% in sales comparing this year to last year's data. This this boycott has been the most successful punitive action taken by conservatives in memory so far, and this should have been the easy one. If you consider that men, mostly conservative, are the target demographic for this product, it was a staggering miscalculation which has wrought such commercial and staffing havoc within the company. Not only is this target audience exactly the wrong group of folks to push towards woke, but Light made a crucial miscalculation on how important their brand is. It was a very simple boycott. So many people have demonstrated just how easy it is to walk past one cooler case to the next. Bush's nearest rivals have seen an uptake in value of $3.2 billion 
Coors, the beneficiary of $2.2 billion, people are not as loyal to this brand as Bud may have thought. You mm. want to pick it up the next sentence, Paul? Next paragraph? Uh, yeah. Uh, I just wanted to, you know, just make one comment too, Jess. You know, we were talking about Target um, earlier. I heard uh, my wife was reading something this morning that Target is going to remove all the items from their store and they're either going to donate them to LGBTQ uh, uh, entities out there or try to sell it off to uh, Marshalls or, um, you know, like they normally do or Ross or something like that. But here's, uh, do you think anybody's going to want to touch that? <laughs> I don't <laughs> think so. I don't think so. But well, that's yeah, good so, news. That's good news. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Yeah. See, so isn't it works, that... Paul, because you got the power of prayer and then you also have the power of hitting them in the wallet because that's what they understand the almighty dollar for them. Cause that's their little, that's their God with a little G. Amen to that. And, uh, okay. The next effort is going to surprisingly, uh, the next effort is going surprisingly well too. mega retailer target, a staple in the shop, in the shopping habits of many households has seen a surprising 11% stock drop in the last month, including 9 billion loss in the market value since uh, calls to boycott, uh, boycott Target began last week. As reported by the New York Post, in the week since premiering its LGBTQ pride collection, including tuck-friendly underwear and swimming suits for children, the store has been backpedaling. <laughs> Just like you said. Yeah. Yep. Last week, these displays began popping up all over the country, meeting patrons immediately upon the entry into the store. Since then, some stores have begun relocating their pride merchandise to less prominent locations of the store. That's what they initially did. They're thinking, oh, we'll just won't put it in their face. But uh, Target has also severed ties with one of its suppliers of the pride collection, who, according to the Post, is a UK-based brand whose designer has expressed Satanist views. And, and you know, just, uh, you know, and, and just mentioning that, I Target probably didn't even realize what this guy's views were, you know? They're just, again, they're part of the world, they're part of the whole theme of the world, and everything seems to be trending toward, you know, this, um, this LGBTQ agenda. But once exposed by... Uh, God-fearing people, um, I'm glad to hear that they backed away from this Satanist. You know, Target <laughs> wants nothing to do with that. That's like uh, the Titanic. <laughs> That's right. Right. Yep. Yeah. Um, there are easily two reasons why this effort is, in some ways, more impressive than the Bud Light boycott. Firstly, this actually requires some inconvenience. While grabbing a Coors instead of a Bud involved very little inconvenience, Target is the go-to for many families. Skipping out on Target includes changes in purchasing habits, brand preference, proximity to home, and maybe even price differences. The second difference is that this effort crosses gender lines. This boycott is involving even those women who decide where to stock their where, uh, who decide where to stock their homes. This is a major step as most women do not take uh, do not take that as lightly as their fret boy sons of blue collar husbands. <laughs> okay. 
While the okay. world waste to see if the target boycott will have the legs of the Bud Bruhaha, there's already another controversy uh, waiting on deck. Recently, again, the mm-hmm. LA Dodgers invited, then disinvited, and have now reinvited the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. This group, which originated in San Francisco, a bunch of homosexual men, is to receive the community award in Dodger Stadium June 16th as part of the Gay Pride Night game. It's not mm-hmm. enough that the players will wear rainbow uniforms. It's not enough that the group dresses in drag and perform. No, the major, the major League Baseball team had to find and honor an anti-Christian group that mocks Catholics by dressing as queer nuns, complete with habits and veils. The group routinely uses in sacrilege manners, sacrilegious manners, like the, the, the rosary, uh, scapulars, and other sacramentals that are held as sacred by Catholics. Why are the Dodgers doing this? Why on earth would this team, out of the blue, find the most outrageous group to honor thereby effectively declaring war on the millions of Catholics who live in the city of angels and who file into Chavez ravine. Mm. We'll pick it up on the next segment. Jesus 911. Just remember Paul Clay. I've got my thoughts on why they're doing this. I'll make it very quick before we, we come into a hard break. Remember first John five nineteen. the Bible says we are of God comma and the whole world is under the power of the evil one who yes. runs all who, who runs all these anti-christic movements it's satan and who knows Mm -hmm. maybe his antichrist is upon the earth right now we don't know and if the Mm -hmm. antichrist is upon the earth he's the hub the dodgers target bud light they're just spokes on the hub but the antichrist is the one he's a shot caller and he has direct uh access to satan that's my take we'll be right back jesus 911 Now, back to Jesus yeah. 911. Yeah. If this call yeah. is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911 Soul Patrol. We need to make the Los Angeles Dodgers go the way of Bud Light and Target and even Chick-fil-A. They've all jumped it. Chick-fil-A's also gone woke. So in an effort to make this infamous organization... Catholic Vote has promised to spend a million dollars advertising the Dodgers' plans and to purchase airtime during broadcasts of this game. Uh, yeah, Catholic Vote is one of the sponsors. They're one of the sponsoring organizations for our prayerful procession to Dodger Stadium. Archbishop of San Francisco, Salvatore Corleone, released a statement boldly declaring that we now know what God's lowercase g, the, the Dodger administration, worships. Uh, hmm. This is this is this is as powerful an, ad, an admonition as bishops go in AD 2023. Also, Bishop Strickland has come and denounced strongly uh, the LA Dodgers and what they've done. Uh, also, strangely, the Archdiocese of Los Angeles barely released a milquetoast statement expressing its disappointment and dismay. It is the Archdiocese of Los Angeles, um, particularly its shepherd, Archbishop Jose Gomez former president of the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, who should be leading this uproar, not the laymen and women of a conservative political persuasion that are blasting Los Angeles on Twitter. One imagines that His Excellency's reactions would be more potent if someone attempted to offer a traditional Latin mass on the infield of Dodger Stadium. <laughs> mm. yeah, well, Bobby, I would like to see... 
<laughs> I, I would like everybody to give um, Archbishop uh, Jose Gomez uh, an opportunity to provide uh, a, a priest for us to, you know, process with our Lord out there. Yeah. That would get, you know, let, let's see where he's at. Yeah. And I think there's meetings uh, this week regarding that issue. So let's just pray and hope yeah. that that he, he shows some apostolic courage. Yep. Tommy Lasorda used to have mass offered in the Dodger clubhouse on Sundays. Can you believe that? Mm. Dodger sportscaster Vince Scully, a Hall of Famer, lent his iconic voice to narrate the mysteries of the Holy Rosary on the website formed.com. So uh, this move from the LA Dodgers, from their brat, from their management, it just makes no sense. It makes no sense why they're doing this, why they're putting themselves out like this. The Dodgers need to see a drop in attendance, especially by Latino Catholics that make the bulk of their audience. Mm. They need to see a half-empty stadium nightly. Uh, the reaction needs to come in a full-throated rejection of the Dodgers by Los Angeles' larger community. Uh, it may not succeed. Catholics may not be successful at punishing the Dodgers, but this offense is so egregious that an effort must be made. And yes, we are doing it. We are making that effort. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take much effort to imagine a Muslim population defending Islam from some far less, uh, from something far lesser, uh, you know. And remember just Salman Rushdie and Charlie Hebdo. No one expects or condones violence, but Catholics and the conservative Dodger fans should make the boys in blue the next Bud Light. Paul, what say you? Yeah, you know, you mentioned Tommy Lasorda, Jess, and it just reminded me of a story. You know, one time I had to go pick him up for, for the sheriff. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, at his house. And what a very humble, what a very simple lifestyle he lived. I, I was totally blown away. I was expecting to pull up to some giant mansion, you know, and it was just this little place. Wow. And yeah, so I just thought that that was uh, pretty amazing. So uh uh, seems to me like Tommy Lasorda had, you know, he might, you know, I didn't know him personally other than the time when I met him, but uh, it seems to me that, uh, you know, uh, he, he had, he was anchored in the right spot, you know? Yep. Uh, and I remember there's been several Dodgers that I can remember that have been anchored in the right spot. Uh, one recently, I know, I don't know who he plays for as he retired, but I remember Mike Piazza. He was very yes. open. He would talk openly about his Catholic faith. Yep. But he, here's my take, Paul. Mm -hmm. I have a strong suspicion that the Dodgers, Target, Budweiser, and even Chick-fil-A, I have a strong suspicion that they've been ordered by higher powers to go woke. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And I would call these higher powers the New World Order, uh, the globalist. Yeah. And I suspect that these higher powers from the new world order that are picking on some of these uh, companies and corporations and telling them uh, you got to go woke. If, uh, if you want to be, uh, you know, if you want to be in, a if you don't want to be broke, <laughs> uh, uh, there you go. Yeah. And so here, here's, here's my theory. I suspect that Vanguard and BlackRock, the two largest investment companies in the world, told are telling these corporations hey you've got to go woke you've got to embrace the whole lgbt marxist agenda and if you if you don't 
um, you're going to pay the price. But if you do go woke, don't worry. Uh, we'll keep your businesses financially above water as long as you follow what we're telling you because we are the New World Order. We are BlackRock. We are Vanguard. We're telling you what to do. And uh, you better just, uh, you know, uh, you better de- dance to our flute like the Pied Piper. You know, I, I just you know, think just... There's, there's somebody b- bigger than the Dodgers and Target and Budweiser and Chick-fil-A that are ordering them to do what they're doing. That's what, that's my take, Paul. Well, there's no doubt about it there. Uh, you know, I don't necess- I don't know that it's necessarily ordering them, but they have created an environment where it is. Uh, lucrative for them to do it, you know, and, and as you know, just love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. So um, what, you know, what's the deal here? Well, I can just tell you this, you know, let's not, you know, get it twisted. The, uh, the America has never been a Catholic country. No, you know, uh, never, but the Catholic church has done a lot in America, why? Because of the faithful, because of of the of, of the graces that flow from the sacraments. You know, we talk. You look at the founding of this country, and you see the missions and the different things. We see Our Lady of Guadalupe. You know, uh, you know uh, who you know as Protestants or, or as Catholics are jumping out into Protestantism in Europe. You see them coming in by the millions through a miracle of God. This is God's grace and mercy. So the Catholic Church had flourished uh, not because of the liberalism that's embedded even in our constitution, but in spite of it. And so, so, yeah. And so now um, what we're seeing is, uh, and it's sad, but, you know, as liberalism has infected our church, Jess, you know, I always say how the mighty have fallen. And uh, we see now that in Protestant churches, as an example, uh, 40% of the people in the churches are are former Catholics. Uh, And we see now uh, where 30% maybe of Catholics who attend Mass on Sunday don't even believe in the real presence of Christ in the Holy Eucharist. Uh, You know, let's push back on that. Let's all uh, understand who we are as Catholics and weaponize ourselves with our rosaries, with our bodies. Why? Because the Bible says, present yourself as a living and a holy sacrifice acceptable unto God. And when we unite these bodies to Christ, to the to the, to the uh, uh, infinite sacrifice of Christ, then we become participants in the ministry of Christ. Souls are saved. Uh, this is what God has called us to do, Jesson. And we need to understand our Catholic DNA and why we're here. That's right. We invite you to join us on June 16th. We're going to be processing from the cathedral parking, Los Angeles Cathedral parking uh, at 4.30 p.m. We'll leave. So if people can get there between 3.30 and 4.30, we'll park our cars there at the cathedral. It's a 1.5-mile walk to Dodger Stadium it's going to be a prayerful procession. We're going to be praying the whole time. Uh, and uh, bring your rosaries, obviously. Uh, we're going to have, we're going to be flanked by altar boys with, uh, with bells, with, with censers, with candles. Uh, Father Dave Nix is supposed to be, fly down here 
we'll have him at least with us. Uh, and at the very least, uh, as, as Catholics, re- they're going to have some very special guests. I'll be announcing it later on during the week as I as I confirm the people that are going to be there. But it's, this is being sub- uh, sponsored by uh, Catholic Vote. It's being sponsored by American Eats Fatima. It's being sponsored by Virgin Most Powerful. It's being sponsored by Catholics for Catholics. It's being sponsored by Church Militant. And so we invite all of you to come out there with rosaries in your hand, with Jesus in your heart, in a state of grace. Make sure you've gone to confession. We're going to pray up a storm as we drive up, as we, as we walk to Dodger Stadium. And we're going to be praying back as well. And we're going to be praying when we're there. Uh, as Catholics, we have to do prayers of reparation. We have to do penance, and that's exactly what we're going to do. It's not going to feel comfortable to walk up a hill 1.5 miles and then pray and walk walk back down. That's reparation. That's penance right there. But we're doing it because they've offended our Lord Jesus Christ. They've offended Our Lady. And, and for acts of injustice and blasphemy and sacrilege against our Lord and Our Lady, we have to do public acts of reparation for these, uh, for these blasphemers and these people that are offending God. So we invite you on Friday, June 16th, bring your rosaries. Uh, bring some good walking shoes. Come in a state of grace, June 16th. We'll be leaving from four, at 4.30, walking up to Dodger Stadium. We'll be there till 7 o'clock praying. We'll be hearing some, some lectures from some speakers that will be flying in from all over the country. And then we'll be walking back at 7 o'clock back to the cathedral. Uh, and we'll pray all the way back and we'll call it a night. And, uh, and again, just offer whatever pain and hunger you have. Offer it in reparation for the blasphemies committed against our Lord Jesus Christ and the blasphemies committed against Our Lady. Paul? <laughs> As you were talking about making it up those hills, just I'm reminded of when we were young deputies in Yeast. Yeah. And, uh, and, we used and to run said, up you those hills. Tell- we run <laughs> yeah, up those hills. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, you used to punish me. <laughs> we would run from the L.A. County Jail uh, uh, up to Chavez Ravine, up to Dodger Stadium, and around Dodger Stadium, and back down to, you know, Chinatown, and back down to the county jail. Probably got about about a, a good five mile run, and uh, yeah. half of it was uphill. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna walk it now as an old man, Paul. I'm not gonna run it. I'm gonna walk it. And yeah, hopefully, all at hopefully, about a six and a half uh, mile a minute mile pace too. Yeah. And hopefully, <laughs> Paul Paul will be able to join us. I'm I'm twisting his arm. You've been listening right. to Jesus 911, two-man car. Uh, up next, Gary Machuda. You'll hear more hands-on apologetics from the big guy coming to you from the Midwest Command Center. As for us, we are EOW. End of watch. We are out. God bless you, family. We love you. Keep the faith. <laughs>